Welcome to the Awake Church Podcast. At Awake, our mission is simple. Know God, take action. We pray this podcast will help you on that journey. Today, I felt like the Lord had really put on my heart to share with you about identity. And he says, Beth, I want you to talk about the who from the do. Sounds like Dr. Seuss, doesn't it? I feel like we are trained since we're little, from the time we're little, that who we are is what we do, and what we do defines who we are. And that's not true in the kingdom. And so today I want us to turn to Galatians 2.20. And I'm going to read this out of the Passion. My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine, but the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Holy Spirit, we invite you to teach us today. I've planned, I've prepared, I've prayed, I've sat with you, but that doesn't matter in light of what do you want. You're our leader, you're our guide, you're our teacher. Take these few words and make them many. Let it be a word in season to anyone who's wanting to hear what you're saying to them personally. Give us a revelation today of who we are in you. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen? Amen. So it says that my old identity was crucified, that those nails went through me to the cross, that the life I now live I live through what Jesus infuses in me. That sounds so big. It sounds so lofty. It sounds so out there, but it's supposed to be in here. It's supposed to be, what is my identity? I'm crucified with Christ. So how did that happen? We got born again, right? We know it's it's really the foundation of what we believe. Jesus came and he died so that we could have new life in Christ. The Bible says you must be born again. Do you know why Jesus wanted us to be born again? Most people say, so we would go to heaven. That's a reason, but it's not the reason. It was to restore our identity. It was to put us back in the position that was lost in the garden. Our position was lost when sin entered, and Jesus died for that to be restored. So if you live your Christian life as heaven is the end game, you will not live out the fullness of your identity in Christ. I feel like the church in America has taught being born again as the end game. So you're born again, then you sit down and you wait for heaven. 
That is not what the gospel teaches. I'm not speaking against being born again. Please don't get offended. But I'm saying that can't be your end goal. Being born again is the beginning. It's the start of a transformed life. You know, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, in John 3, he says, you must be born again. Nicodemus says, what are you talking about? How can that happen? And he describes the natural birth and the spiritual birth. So I have a question for you. If life in Jesus stops at the new birth, we have a kingdom full of babies. Is that not true? If all you've lived for is to pray a prayer so you can go to heaven, you've entered the kingdom. But Jesus said, you must be born again. That's where you start. If we applied that to the natural, and those who are mature and grew and came to the age of childbirth had babies and those babies never grew, it would be a mess, wouldn't it? And I want to suggest that in the kingdom, if you think, You've checked all the boxes by being born again. That was the beginning. Jesus said in John 10, he says, I'm the door that the sheep have to go through to get to the fold, to get to the kingdom, to get to the Father. It's a starting place. But then what's our identity? Because if God's after wanting us to know our identity, I just feel like I don't want to be identified as a baby. I'm born again, and I'm just waiting for heaven. Boy, heaven's going to be awesome. No pain, no tears, no this. No. The Bible says I have an assignment. I'm born again to be restored identity for what purpose? To bring God glory on the earth. In John 17, Jesus said, I've finished what you've given me to do and brought you glory on the earth. Don't you want to say that? When you get to the end of your time on earth, I've finished what you gave me to do, and I've brought you glory on the earth. Well, that's not going to happen unless you cooperate with what God has for you. True? It's true. Um, so Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, in the New Living, it says, Therefore, I know you shouldn't ever start a scripture with therefore because you're wondering why it's therefore. <laughs> Chapter 11 talks about all the heroes of faith, all these people who walked by faith. They were sawn in two by faith. They raised the dead by faith. There's all kinds of heroes of faith. And so it starts, therefore, since we, us, are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every single weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. And now he's seated in the place of honor. Beside God's throne, think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. 
What this suggests is we're in a race, right? So it wasn't I'm saved and I sit down and heaven comes. I'm saved and I enter into a race discovering who God is in me and what he has for me to do. I love the imagery that I have to participate in order for God's will to be done in my life, on the earth, completing what he fashioned me for. Most people have been taught that God will do what he wants to do. Que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. But that's not true. It's a race. Where the way I was raised was very traditional in faith. And, um, you know, they would do an altar call and say, come and get your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Have you heard that? It's interesting because in Revelation it talks about that. It says in Revelation 3, 5, he that overcomes. Ooh, that means I have something to do. He that overcomes shall be clothed in white, and I will not blot out his name out of the book of life. But I'll confess his name before my father and before the angels. This is in red. Jesus is talking in the scripture. It's interesting. It says to the one who overcomes, I guess I need to partner with God after I'm saved to run my race and discover what it is that he has for me to do. Would you agree? It's interesting because it's later in Revelation 2015 that it says anyone whose name was not written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. So when you put those ideas together, let's just say everybody who was born's name is in the Lamb's book of life. Does that sound like it lines up with scripture? God doesn't desire that any would perish, but everyone would come to salvation, correct? But what if it is that we don't choose to believe and walk out, work out our salvation with fear and trembling, partner with him to do what he wants in our life? People who absolutely refuse, turn their back on, say, I don't need God. That's a, you know, whatever it is, there's people, the Bible says, that will do that. What if it's then their name gets removed? So I'm looking at this and I'm thinking, okay, so God, you did the part of making me brand new. You did the part of offering free salvation, and that's the door. That's the starting point. But how in the world do we walk in overcoming being who God's asked us to be without knowing who we are? I want to suggest who we are is what God says, not what we do. But when you know who you are, you'll start doing the right thing. So the scripture says who we are is a son of the Most High, a daughter of the Most High, right? That's who God says he made us to be. He says we're redeemed. He says we're royalty. He says we're joint heirs with Jesus. That's amazing. I don't even fully understand that. And I've walked with the Lord for a long time, and I still don't fully understand that. But I will let it come out my mouth as part of my identity. God, you said I'm joint heirs with 
Jesus. You said I'm seated in heavenly places. You said that I could come boldly before your throne to obtain grace and mercy in a time of need. That comes out of identity of knowing who you are. So when we know who we are, we know that we're salt. If you and I are salt, people will be thirsty for who they wanna know who God is. If we're light, it always, you light and dark in a room, light always wins. We're accepted. That's who we are. Jesus said it. It didn't say it was how I would feel, right? So are you going to side with who God said you are or what you feel? Because sometimes it comes right down to that. Your emotions versus the truth. Did you know emotions are good if God is in them? If he's not, they can be very, very bad, right? They, they can lead us astray. They can cause, wreak havoc in our life. But it's really interesting because I found in this life, a lot of people think they're labels. They think they're divorced. They're sad. Somebody will ask them, who are you? I'm a bus driver. <laughs> who are you? Oh, who are you? Oh, I'm so depressed. And what we do is we let labels. Oh, all I am is a mom. Did you know that I'm really too old to do what God wants me to do? And I've met people who said, no, I'm just too young to do what God wants. <laughs> or some people will say, well, you know what, I am such a failure. Or they'll say, oh, the two youngs leaving me must be too old. <laughs> they might say I'm broke. How about this, is your identity, gosh, I'm tired. Man, I'm tired. Is your identity, I am so busy, I am busy. Maybe your identity is you're a professional, maybe you're a doctor or a lawyer or the bus driver. I wanted full representation. What happens is this is how a lot of people live in the kingdom. You think you are these things, maybe more than one. But what happens if a bus driver has his identity in Christ and says, I'm a son of the Most High, I'm on assignment from heaven to drive God's kids every single day and to deposit the kingdom of heaven into these children when they get on my bus? That's living out identity and not a label. What if you've labeled yourself as sad and you say, no, that's not me. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Because what I think is God has identity that these are much bigger guys, that we're on a winning team. If God's for me, who can be against me? And we start tearing off labels and taking on identity, he says. He says, I'm powerful. Why? Because he's powerful. It says, there is not one thing that is too hard for God. And he says, if he's for me, who cares who's against me? It doesn't say people won't be against me. It doesn't say situations won't come against me. But he says, he's all powerful. So what if that's my identity? 
I like that one. How about for the one who says, I'm busy. That's your identity. That's somewhere here. How about if you say, God gives me rest? How about this one? I forget everything. Is that part of your identity? That's not mine. The Bible says the memory of the just is blessed. I have the mind of Christ. So either that's gonna become my identity or I'm going to be saying labels. Oh, well, Beth, you're in your 60s now, so you know what goes first is your mind. No, it says my mind is being renewed and I have the mind of Christ. So it's those things that you want. Are you complete in Christ or is there something missing? You're single, you're lonely, you're the only one that the promise of God will never work for, or are you complete in Christ? Are you fully known, fully loved, accepted? For sad, I had joy. I'll take all these off, I know it's so distracting. But what I found is that you do this inside you, right here, right now. Let's just stop, say Holy Spirit, What labels have I put on my identity? So we've asked the Lord, what labels? Wanting to be saved and wanting to be changed are two different things. What are you wanting? Place in heaven or do you want to be transformed to walk in your full identity with calling and purpose and destiny that brings God glory? Do you know John 1.12 says, to as many as received him, what did he do? He gave them the power, the right, the authority to become children of God. Would that describe your week? Did you walk in the power and the authority and the privilege of being a daughter or son of God? It's a process to walk in who he says we are. It's a living process. 24-7 with a reality of who he is in me. To grow and discover who he says I am. One time I had this job where I was an internal auditor for a credit union. And there's no way I should have done that except God asked me to. I didn't have the credentials. I didn't have the degree. Nothing. But God said, I want you to do this. So I applied. He really wanted a pastor at this credit union. Well, they sent me to this auditor's convention in Las Vegas of all places. And at this convention, everybody's gathered and they're talking and this, all kinds of people are, you know, doing what they do and they hang out at these conventions and they're talking about where they got their degrees and who they knew and who they were connected to. And in this particular little group, I was the only female and they turned to me and said, where did you get your degree? Yeah, you just felt it, didn't you? I went, (laughs) that's that's what I I felt that too. And I, I just... And I heard the Lord say, stand up. You are a daughter of the Most High, and you have access to the King of Kings. That fast, he said that to me. I said, oh, I don't have a degree. And they're like, what? (laughs) But what I checked into was my identity at that time. Because God called me, he equipped me, and he asked me to do something. And he didn't ask for my credentials. He asked for my willingness to do and to be who he called me to be, like he is you. So how many things are you saying no to because you can't figure out how you can do that, but yet it's in your identity in Christ. It's not in your ability to do something. 
separate the who from the do. It's like in marriage, Tim and I will say, when there's a hard space and there's wanting to be intense fellowship, is that what you call it? When it's a little tense, we will say, we're okay, this isn't. That's separating who we are as a couple from what needs to be taken care of. When you know who you are, you can deal with difficult situations. Um, I had, and this ties into your believing. If your belief about God is he's wanting you to perform, you will never walk in your identity because it was given to you freely. You have to study it. You have to become it. You have to learn it. But it was given to you. You don't earn it. And so what happens is if you have wrong believing, you know you're going to have wrong doing, correct? That's two plus two equals four. I remember um, several years ago, I got fired from a job. Can I ask, has anybody in here been fired? Will you let me feel? Oh, yay, there's other people. Whew. That has an opportunity to really change your life on many levels. But in this particular case, it was, I didn't know it was coming. Um, it was devastating to my heart because I wondered how I had misrepresented Jesus because it was in a situation where I wasn't working for a fellow believer. So then the enemy tried to say, wow, you must have really messed up your testimony. And all I can tell you is things swirl when something happens to you, when a mate walks out on you, when you get fired, when your business closes. All these things happen. They are events but it challenges what you believe about who you are, and it definitely challenges what you believe about God. So what happened was, it happened on an afternoon. The next day was a blur, but the morning of day three, I was sitting on the steps, sobbing. And do you know what I kept saying? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? <laughs> what do you want me to do? clear as day, I heard the voice of the Lord say, don't ask me that again. And I kind of sat up. I felt like I was supposed to salute. <laughs> I literally felt like God pulled out the big guns on me. It wasn't that, oh, I feel so sorry for you. I know you're in pain. It wasn't that. It was, don't ask me that again. It was quiet. He says, Ask me what you're supposed to believe. Because out of right believing will come right doing. We have been trained in this world, do, 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 do. Achieve, 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 and then you're this, and it's empty. If you keep chasing the empty, doing it the world's way, and you're wondering where God is in it, you might have to stop and say, God, where are you in this? And he may say, back up. My life forever changed that morning sitting on that step. He wasn't after what I was going to do. What was I going to believe about what had taken place and how was I going to pull from him to the next moment in my life of what he wanted? Does that make sense? But if we're so busy doing, if my beliefs are wrong, my outcome's going to be wrong. If I believe that God's mean or an ogre, he's against me, that I'm not going to approach him in time of need. I just have found in my life that I have an audience with the king. 
how am I going to cultivate that and let it become, what do you what are you doing? What do you want me to believe? How can I join you in what you're already doing? So the challenge in identity is God says this. I'm currently experiencing this. So how do I transform to line up with what heaven says is possible? I'll close with this. It's... Um, I really was optimistic with all these papers, you guys. So optimistic. We'll chop out half of it. Matthew 16. This is where Jesus is asked them, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, son of John, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. And upon this rock, I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. Do you see where Peter's assignment came from identity? When he rightfully recognized who the Lord was by revelation from heaven, when he realized you are the Christ, the son of the living God, God himself, Jesus turns to him and tells him who he is. And out of him knowing who he is, he's given an assignment what he's supposed to do. So let me ask you, what label? Maybe it was something a parent gave you. And honestly, you guys, I sit with people all the time and it should not be that you're in your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, and you're living broken because of the way you were treated by your parents. If you call yourself a Christ follower, if you have been born again and you are complete in Christ and you are living broken from the way you were raised, you are operating in the wrong identity. Now, I'm not in any way, shape, or form saying there isn't broken stories. I'm not putting people's heart or their experience down. But what are you elevating as most important in your life? If you're broken, there's healing. Go through the process to then identify as a redeemed, restored, one who was once broken, but God bound up all my wounds. If you identify with being cheated on by a mate instead of somebody who is full and free because you've lived in, walked in in forgiveness, that your identity becomes what the Bible says you can have. This story somewhat taken out of context, but fits this. I, I, feel, I felt the pleasure of the Lord on it. Really, Peter acknowledging who Jesus was gave Jesus the permission to tell Peter who he was and what was available. Don't you want that today? That's what I want. I want to fulfill what God said was possible. But it means we do a trade-off. If I want the beauty that he's promised, then I give up the ashes. 
if I want the oil of joy for mourning, then I have to put on a garment of praise. It's an exchange. It's, it's one of those things of what do you identify with? Who, who are you going to be? You know, for years I've said when somebody says, if I go to a party, I don't want to ask people what they do. Practice this. Meet somebody at a grocery store. Don't ask them what they do. Ask them what their favorite trip was or something like that. Because the moment you say, what do you do? Oh, I'm a contractor. You know, you just start profiling and thinking, oh, they da 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 da. Because we hide behind those labels and identity. Instead, ask them, what's your favorite flower? Or, hey, do you have a favorite season of the year? Start getting to know who someone is, not the label of what they do. But what's interesting is I found that um, often people say, how are you today? Do you guys get that? And my response is, I'm happy. And um, it's because the Bible says I am. Psalm 147 says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. Now, do you realize that everything isn't happy in my life? And every day isn't the best. But what I found is if I want what God says, I'm going to start saying what he says. That has elevated the joy in my life. It has elevated the opportunity. Bob at Costco said to me, I don't know, Bob. He just wears a name tag. He says, Bob. And I get there one day and he says, how are you? And I said, I'm happy. He goes, you say that every time you come. Would you tell me why you say that? I said, Bob, do you really want to know? <laughs> he goes, I do. I said, well, two reasons. Nobody picks my mood but me. I'm picking happy. But really, the Bible says, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. So sometimes when you're transforming into who God says, it will irritate people. They won't understand it and they won't like it. I'm sorry. And I've had to learn to be um, adjust in that. I had a boss once that said, I don't like mornings. I said, I love mornings. He goes, I don't like them. I said, I'll avoid you, but I like mornings. And I said this to him before he ever hired me, just so he knew what he was getting. But I think if we walked around as happy, as peaceful, as kind, if we did what God says, if we walked around as the righteousness of God, if we walked around with solutions, if we became who God says we are, like I'm working on the joy unspeakable and full of glory. They thought happy was irritating. Wait till they to joy unspeakable and full of glory. But seriously, what is it that God's asking you to become because Jesus paid for it? Are you willing to just ask him what he wants to speak to you specifically on that? Close your eyes. Father, every one of us have wore a wrong label. We've had an experience. We've had a heartache. We've had something that we let become our identity that did not come from us being hidden in you. Would you show us what you're asking us to rip off today? Just like I ripped off those labels, it's that easy. We come out of agreement and say, I don't see myself as divorced. I don't see myself as abandoned. I don't see myself as broke. I don't see myself as a failure. 
God, would you speak to your sons and daughters right now as to what label you're highlighting? And they're going to rip it off. They're going to come out of agreement of what has been put on them. And they're saying, no more. Because I'm a daughter. I'm a son of the Most High. I'm forgiven. I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm loved. My father thinks about me more than the sand on the seashore. Father, I ask that you minister to us that, yes, we must be born again, but you're not coming back for a kingdom of babies. You're coming back for warriors and princesses, and you're coming back for people who run businesses for your glory and drive buses for your glory, that every single one of us would join you in the Father's business in everything we set our hand to, that we would be known as the kindest, the most incredibly generous, the happiest, most peaceful people on the planet because we know who you are in us and what assignment you've given us. So we receive your correction, your redirection, your encouragement, and we just say, God, today we want to be more like you than we've ever been, and we know it's possible. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. For updates on future episodes, make sure to subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review to let us know how we're doing. For more information about Awake Church, visit awakechurch.com.